Welcome to the Middle Church Podcast, a multicultural, multi-ethnic, intergenerational movement of spirit and justice, powered by revolutionary love with room for everyone. No matter where you are, how you look, or who you love, we pray this podcast will help you on your journey. Here's this week's worship celebration. everybody. We're so glad you're here today. My name is Jackie Lewis. I'm the senior minister here. And if it is your very first time, would you raise your hand? Yay! Wonderful! We're super glad you're here. When it's time to pass peace and talk to each other, we'd love to know how you found us. But also, we hope that you'll come back and it will feel like home. Thank you for coming. And if this is your very first time online, we're so glad you're here. We can't see you, but you can see us, and we're delighted to celebrate Earth Day weekend with you. For the beauty of the earth, for the wonders of the skies, we give thanks to God and uh, gratitude for all that's going to happen in worship today. Our children are singing. Our very first... Children and people who used to be children, who are now young adults, and we're so glad you're here. And our reparations task force is helping to lead worship today. We're so excited about that. We are super proud of our intention to make repair in a broken world and delighted for the leaders who have done such a great job of listening and learning and preparing. And you're going to hear some of that today. So, um, with all of that in mind, let me just invite you, when worship is over, the street fair, our annual street fair, is happening today on 2nd Avenue, so please head on over there and find a lease and buy, you know, bad for you food and stimulate the economy uh, at the street fair. We'd love for you to do that. And uh, finally, um, reminding you that our tickets are just about sold out at our Freedom Rising Conference, and you don't want to miss it. It's going to be hot. And it's the 28th of April uh, through the 30th of April. Our team has done a really beautiful job of setting a diverse table for you. So find your way there. Find your way there. What the heck going to be right there? Find your way there. <laughs> that was funny. And we have day rates that we added in case it's easier for you to just do one day. So freedomrisingconference.com. Will you take a deep breath with me? Did you smell some lilacs this week or some cherry blossoms? Another deep breath, and let us worship God in our opening hymn. Thank you, young people. You'll find the words on the wall, my friends.
Amen. Now it is time for the young and the young at heart to join us here. We brought the blanket back. So it's time for the message for all ages. Hey everybody, thanks for joining me for the Message for All Ages. And today I'm joined by a very special friend, my friend Kaylee. Kaylee, can you say hi to everybody? Kaylee says no. <laughs> what I love about Kaylee is she's so good at asking for exactly what she wants. She'll lie down, put her little belly in the air, and you know that if you just sit here and scratch her, She's gonna be happy forever. I wish it was always that easy. I don't know about you, but sometimes I have a hard time asking for what I want or what I need. It can be really hard to tell somebody plainly, I actually really need a hug or I need some quiet time to be alone or can you help me with this? I really don't know how to do it by myself. It can make us feel weak or like we don't have it all together. And I know all of you want to feel like you, know, you can do it by yourself. But the truth is that building community means that all of us have to tell each other what we need in order to thrive. Nobody can read your mind. And telling people the way that they can love you best is such an important part of making sure that you have what you need. And likewise, one of the things that we can do is really deeply listen to people when they tell us what they need to thrive. Everybody has different love languages. Sometimes love for a friend might look like sitting inside and drawing at a time when everybody else is outdoors playing because they don't really like playing sports and they don't want to be alone. Sometimes it looks like making sure that someone gets a compliment on that new backpack they got, the new way they've cut their hair. It can be really vulnerable to try to do something different. And so paying attention to how people around you are showing up in a space and affirming that, telling them, I see you. That's such an important part of how you can show other people that they're also held and loved. But the thing I want you to get most out of this, most from Kaylee, is that it's important to be honest. I think sometimes we hide what we want. Not because we're afraid somebody else won't give it to us, but we actually hide it a little bit from ourselves. We're scared that if we admit to ourselves, this is the thing I really dream about. This is the thing I want most out of the world. If we're honest about that and we name it, and it doesn't happen, we might feel crushed and sad. But hope is the price of doing anything. All dreams start by being honest that we long for them. So be honest. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with your friends and your caregivers. Tell people what you need to reach the goals you long for. And I promise you, we're gonna get there together. Right, Kaylee? Kaylee says, yeah. Now let's go sing, sing, sing Sia Hamba, friends, and go back to our seats.
gorgeous, Ben. Thank you so much. Um, I think I need my belly scratch, but I'll, I'll keep that neat until I get home today. <laughs> um, one of the most amazing things about Middle Church is our gifted artists who are here. Amen for our artists. And also the ones who drop in to show us some love. And so today we're thrilled uh, to have Sterling Koza, am I saying that right? Last name right? Uh, on piano and keys. And yeah. <laughs> and it's the time in our worship celebration where we take our needs, our concerns, our hopes, our dreams, our unexpressed desires to our God. And we often do that verbally, but today we're going to have some piano music. You can take a deep breath, and you can talk to God in your own language, in your own way, and tell God what's on your mind and on your heart. Let us pray together. I needed that so much, darling. Thank you so much. Stand if you are able. Pray together with us now the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. We invite you here to pray the way you know it, the way you learned it, in whichever language, knowing that God can hear our cacophony and hear our prayers. Let us pray. Ever-loving and holy God, hallowed be your name. Your reign come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the reign, and the power, and the glory. Amen and Ashe. Um, the peace that God gives us is a gift to share with one another. So I invite you to pass the sign of peace to your neighbor. You might give them a namaste. You might give them a fist bump. You might give them a hug if that's what they want. But you shall check in and see <laughs> what that feels like. Peace be with you, middle family. So I just want to say a couple of words before they sing, just to, to give a little shout out. So this is a village course for children and youth. 
And as you can see, it's not striated with like age group. Like we're gonna have like 16-year-old choir and then we're gonna have a four-year-old choir. So, and the way it works is that you get to see the whole trajectory kind of from young to old. And I don't know about you as a young person, but I was always looking at the older kids wishing that I could be in the mix, right? But there wasn't a way to do it because I wasn't gonna go to youth group, right? That wasn't it, not as a five-year-old. But, but with chorus, it's different because you can build a community from here to here if you're careful and you know what you're doing, right? So the, the songs sometimes are a little wordy for the younger ones, but you take the words that work for you, and then you begin to make music on that, and then you begin to build that in your career in the chorus, right? And then, and then you see the older kids who are above you, and you're like, one day that's going to be me, Right? Like for some of you, one day that's gonna be, you're gonna be in consistory. You've seen the consistory people, you've seen the reparations task force, right? <laughs> Just telling you how it works, right? <laughs> you, you have to see the trajectory so you can see yourself in the ministry. So we rehearse every Sunday and it's open. Uh, to all kids who would like to participate. And I just want to say that because it's such a beautiful part of what Middle does. Um, and, and these are your kids. These are your kids.
The scripture this morning is from Luke 24, 13 through 35. Now on the same day, two of them were going to a village called Umanus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are you discussing with each other while you're walking along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place in these days? He asked them, what things? They replied, the things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he would be the one to redeem Israel Yes, and besides this, it is now the third day since all these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, stay with us, because it is almost evening, and the day is nearly over. So he went to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening scriptures to us? That same hour, they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the 11 and their companions gathered together. They were saying, the Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning, Middle family, here and online. Yeah. Um, we are Jocelyn Liu, Danita Branham, and Kristen Bibelar of our church's reparations task force. Yay. The title of our sermon is Making It Known a reparation story. May the meditations of our heart be acceptable unto your sight, our dear one, our rock, and our redeemer. Amen. Today's scripture reading is a story about many things, but for me today, it's a story about how hard it can be to hear the truth, to see the truth that's there right in front of your nose. Cleopas and his companion are so caught up in sharing the stories they believe they know, the story of their lost savior, of his death, of the disappearance of his body from the tomb, that they don't know that Jesus is right there with them. They don't recognize him. They don't get it when he point blank tells them, oh, how foolish you are, how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. They don't even get it when he interprets the things foretold about him in the scriptures. Only when he takes the bread, blesses and breaks it, and shares it with them are their eyes finally opened. 
Only then do they know the truth, the truth that had been with them all along, the truth, we might add, that the women at the tomb were the first to realize. <laughs> this, then, is a story about learning to recognize the truth right there in front of you. And it's a story about how hard that truth, uh, how hard it can be to do that, especially if the truth has been erased from dominant narratives of history, especially if that truth has been covered over with lies and cherry-picked facts, especially if the upholders of white supremacy suppress silence and strip from school curricula the true stories they don't want you to know. The lies and half-truths are blinders they put on us to distract us from the whole truth. Our Reverend Dr. Jackie Lewis started the Middle Reparations Task Force to learn and tell the true story of our church's involvement in colonialism and slavery, to explore what reparations might look like uh, uh, for our church, um, uh, reparations for that history and the continuing harm, I should say, that is caused, and to explore and continue Middle's relationships with black and indigenous partners who are already working to get themselves free and restored. But let's go back now to those half-truths and lies. Here are some things you may have learned. You may have learned that Middle Church is the oldest of the collegiate churches in New York City, which was founded in 1628 by the Dutch Reformed Church to minister to the Dutch colonists led by the West Dutch India Company. You may have learned that Peter Minuet, an elder in our church and director of the Dutch West India Company, purchased Manhattan from the Lenape Indians for a few beads and trinkets worth $24. You may have learned about Peter Stuyvesant, arguably the most famous director of the Dutch West India Company and a devout son of a Dutch Reformed Church minister and an elder of our church. You may have heard that Stuyvesant's farm right here in the East Village was so prosperous that 40 servants, servants I should say, worked there. You may have learned that when the English took over the colony, the church successfully sought from the King of England a charter which established the collegiate churches as the oldest corporation in North America and gave them religious freedom. The truth is that there is no evidence that Peter Minuet purchased Manhattan or any land from the Lenape. If a transaction happened at all, it was likely understood by some Lenape to be an agreement in the sharing of the land use. The African-American prophet Ida B. Wells once said, the way to right wrongs is to turn the light on the truth upon them. Amen. One of the things we have experienced in the reparations task force is that once you start examining the past, you can't be blind to the true history that is all around us. Broadway is a Lenape trail. Some sidewalks are burial grounds. Statues celebrating enslavers and colonizers, including the statue of Peter Stuyvesant right across the street. The true story of the ground we stand on begins with the Munzi Lenape people. The Lenape were here for thousands of years before Europeans arrived and before our church was formed. The truth is that under Minuet's leadership, the first enslaved African people were brought to New Amsterdam to build what became this city including our church's first formal church building on Pearl Street, so named because of the massive shell mounds indigenous people had created there. Enslaved people also grew the food that kept the colonists from starving to death. Mm -hmm. The truth 
truth is that William Kieft, the church warden and another Dutch West India Company director, started a brutal campaign against indigenous people directing the massacres of men, women, children, and elders. Kieft claimed to be doing this in God's name. The truth is the reparations task force has identified 32 and counting members of our church, including leadership, clergy, and the consistory itself who enslaved people. Our research continues. The truth is that Peter Stuyvesant enslaved more people than any other individual in the Dutch colony and vastly increased the Dutch involvement in the slave trade to the point that under his leadership, New Amsterdam became the most significant slave port and had the largest black population of any city in what will become known as North America. The truth is that because only individuals or corporations can legally own property, the church needed that charter from the King of England, not just for religious freedom, but so it could legally own human beings stolen from Africa and homelands stolen from indigenous peoples. The truth is that in a colonialist system, the idea of religious liberty is intimately bound up with the pursuit of power, control, and possession and commerce. The spiritual part of what we are trying to do in the reparations task force is to disentangle our faith based on love from these old ideas about power and consumption and division and control so we can understand how we might be able to heal the wounds our church caused, harms that continue to these, this day. One way we are doing that spiritual work is to uncover not just ugly truths, but also stories of resistance and love and victory. We have learned, and I'm gonna try not to cry, but I always do <laughs> when I tell this story. Um, we have learned that Middle has early church mothers and fathers who were free and enslaved black people who survived and thrived despite what our church's white forebears did to them. In the 1600s, they created a black community in what is now Lower Manhattan, which existed for about 200 years and included part of where we are right now in the East Village. One of those people was a woman the Dutch called Macon van Angola. And Macon survived the Middle Passage, and she was enslaved by the Dutch West India Company, including in Peter Stuyvesant's home. Um, she was a respected elder in the black community. She married in our church, and she was a godmother to many black children um, who were baptized in our church. After 30 years of enslavement, Macon and her friends, Lucretia and Susanna, who had come over with her, petitioned for their freedom. Even though they were elderly by 17th century standards, and Macon had a disability from an old injury from all the hard labor she had to perform, they were granted only a limited kind of freedom, provided that they took turns laboring for the Stuyvesants in their mansion. A year later, Lucretia and Susanna had died. Macon again insisted on her full freedom, and this time she won. <laughs> Sorry, I get, you know, I get really teary when I tell Macon's story because I know she was celebrated in her own community. And I wish she could have been celebrated the way I know that we would celebrate her today in this middle church that exists today. Um, and I hope that she knows that you know, we're celebrating her now and we're telling her story. Thank you. <laughs> um, but let me just finish her story <laughs> before I completely lose it. Um, uh, this time, Macon won her full freedom. She went on to outlive Stuyvesant outlived Stuyvesant's wife, <laughs> and she even outlived the Dutch colony itself. Um, we know from our own church records that many black families named their children after her to honor her. So the story of our church is a story of oppression and suffering, but is also a story about courageous people like Macon. 
and who is, I believe, Middle's spiritual mother, one of, one of several, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, who resisted and overcame and planted the seeds of thriving. The scripture reading today is also a story about the spiritual journey from despair to faith. Today's Middle Church practices a faith that is very different from the strict Calvinism practiced by our church forebearers and which justified their worst acts. Today, Middle is telling a story about faith by going back to the old story, the faith taught by, as our Reverend Jackie says, the brown African-Semitic immigrant refugee, working class rabbi who healed the sick, fed the hungry, welcomed the immigrant, celebrated and empowered women, and made a way out of no way, a faith based on acts of love. In the Middle Church Reparations Task Force, we are dedicated not only to finding and telling the true history of our denomination's role in slavery, conquest, genocidal campaigns, and erasure, we seek to repair the breach so that we can each see each other more clearly we hope that we can find ways to break bread with the actual and spiritual descendants of all those whom the church has harmed. Some of you may be sitting in this room right now or watching online because the harm continues to this day. With that clarity, we hope to create reparative relationships both within middle community and with individuals and groups out in the world. Part of our definition of reparations is that we can't just do something or give something and say we're done reparations. The people we are trying to make reparations to must also be satisfied, must also feel heard and seen before an act is truly reparative. Other actions the Reparations Task Force is taking include deepening or forging relationships with black and indigenous groups and individuals already working towards reparations, and initiating a formal repudiation of the doctrine of discovery. That's the white supremacist theological ideology that was the blueprint for colonialism. The work of the Reparations Task Force is leading toward the creation of Middle Church's brand new Freedom Center for Reparations and Racial Healing. This is hard, messy work. We have made mistakes, and we will make more mistakes. But doing nothing is the worst path. Silence and inaction support the status quo, which is not the middle way. So to all interested in daring to recognize the blinders with which we function, daring to discover new truths, and daring to explore how we might repair the breaches and rehabilitate ourselves to see truths more readily. The Reparations Task Force invites you to join us. May it be many of you, and may it be so. Hey, 
I'm Ajora Carter, and I am delighted to ask you to join the movement. I found middle during the early days of the pandemic. Um, the church I was attending up here kind of imploded, um, and I was seeking a community. Um, and a friend told me about middle and I kept showing up on Sunday, you know, online and just felt like, wow, you know, folks whose values line up with mine, who, you know, believe that love actually can conquer us all, especially when you're following the kind of love that Jesus literally lived and died for. I am so grateful, you know, that this is a place that is as welcoming and as loving as it is, and that really practices what it preaches. And I see it and feel it in the folks, even though I've yet to actually meet many of you in person. Um, I am grateful that now I get a chance to use some of my talents that God gave me in service of what Middle is, is attempting to accomplish with the Middle Reparations Task Force. I am so excited that I get a chance to do that. Um, and again, I'm here to help you see that, you know, maybe you should stop dating and come and hang. Um, so we power this movement through our gifts of time and treasure and you should feel called to do the same thing um, and just make sure it's exactly what you want to do to make sure it happens. Um, you can go to middlechurch.org to join and become a member and then be sure to sign up uh, for a new members class so that you can actually get a feel of what actually is also going to go on. Um, ushers are going to be passing around the offering bags in the sanctuary and folks can pay by Venmo or through middlechurch.org uh, slash donate. So looking forward to seeing you.
entangled. <laughs> Today, to honor the late Reverend Ayanna Moore, also known as Patricia Brigham, who served faithfully on our reparations task force, the offering that we collect today in our bags and online will be donated to the Middle Church Deacons Fund and directed towards black women's wellness and justice. So please, thank you. Creator spirit, the creative spirit is upon us. We are anointed to bring good news to the poor, to set free the incarcerated, and to bring understanding to the hopelessly confused. So with that aim, we've been examining our own church's role in the violent history of colonization and enslavement. Hatred, we're going to tear your kingdom down. Systemic racism, we're going to tear your kingdom down. Well, they call us, you know, woke. <laughs> if this be woke, wake up. <laughs> Repent. Oh, we miss Ayana very much in the reparations task force, and she encouraged me to talk like this. Uh, so, God, this is me, Lars the Baptist. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. We are about to go Broadway. We are talking about a brand new day. So definitely check out the words. There's a number of them. How many have never heard brand new day before ever, ever in your life? Okay, well, we just need to know. Okay. We educate in all sorts of ways here at Middle. Come on now. Okay, so at the very end, we're going to do something, so just be ready for it, and, and you'll, you'll be there. Okay, kids, are we ready?
Am I right? Yeah. All right. First of all, wow to the beauty of the singing today. Watching you all grow up is like my deepest joy and um, yeah, all the things. You just blow my mind. Thank you so much. And I like when the young ones grow up and bring their girlfriends and whatnot to join the choir. Secondly, look at this room. Like this is this is what this is what it's about. How we repair the world is we behave the reign of God on earth with young folks and old folks, with folks of all ethnicities and sexual orientations and gender performance and all the, all the, all the incredible diversity that God put on the world for us to enjoy. This is, this is what it is to live our calling. And you just crack my heart wide open when I see you here. You don't have to be here. You could be at the mall or drinking some mimosas, but, but you're here. You're here leaning in, right? Thank you. We, we thank you. Thank you, Reparations Task Force, for working so hard. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Tina and John, for being so good. Thank you so much. And boom, boom, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, Middle Church Board, for having a vision that we are allowed to live into as staff. We're having a vision of a just, out, outward facing public theology that challenges America. Thank you. Thank you, board, for that. And receive this benediction. You are actually the living, breathing, activated body of Christ. Open your eyes to see that about you. You're the one. You're the one on the road to repair. You're the one with the healing grace. You're the one with the words of love. You're the ones with the bodies on the line. You're the one raising the children. You're the one holding our elders' hands. You are the living, breathing, walking, talking, healing, repair-making body of Christ every day. That's why I believe in resurrection, because of you. Don't forget who you are and whose you are. May it be so. Thanks for listening, friends. To learn more about Middle Church, visit middlechurch.org. You can help grow this movement of love and justice by rating us on Apple or Spotify and by sharing this episode with a friend or two. Send us an email at info at middlechurch.org if you have any questions or comments. We hope you'll come back next week. Bye for now.